You obviously know Kung Fu. Hello everyone, Simon Ray here. I'm a stunt coordinator, fight choreographer, and we just finished a movie called The Doorman in Romania with Ruby Rose, and it should be coming out in October. And hey, let's check this Kung Fu drive out. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me today, uh, martial artist, actor, stuntman, stunt coordinator, fight choreographer, producer. Uh, his film credits include Inception, Rush Hour, uh, the upcoming Mulan. He's, of course, well known to a lot of martial arts fans as Dehan in the Taekwondo classic, Best of the Best. Uh, he's doubled the likes of Donnie Yen and Jackie Chan, Master Simon Rhee. Master Rhee, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, before we get into everything, how are you holding up with all of this craziness going on? You know, you have two options. You could be happy or you could be sad. And I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be productive and I'm going to try to be, you know, always stay positive. Yeah. With uh, all of the closures that happened to all the gyms, how did you... Uh, managed to navigate all that stuff with uh, with all the instruction that you still do? It was kind of surprised that we have to close on a second time. First time, it was under understandable. Yeah. But the second time, it kind of caught me off guard. So, you know, we closed again, and then we started to teach uh, students at the park. And it turned out to be a really, really blessing in disguise because all my students are really enjoying the working out at outside because, you know, you're so used to working out indoor and this is the first time they get to work out outside and they're really loving it and I'm loving it and having a great time doing it. So, you know, making the best of it. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, I mean, above everything else, you are a world-class martial artist, right? Uh, seventh degree uh, black belt in Taekwondo. Check my math on all this, please. But uh, fourth degree in Hapkido. Uh, how did your martial arts journey begin? Okay, this is how it started. I think when I was 10, I came down with a viral meningitis. Mm. And they took me to the hospital in Korea. And the doctor said if I came maybe one hour late, I could have been either vegetable or I could have died. Wow. And... I was admitted right away, and I stayed at the hospital for, I believe, two months. So after two months, they finally let me out, and I was healed. Uh, that's when my father decided to enroll me in Taekwondo to get my body stronger. And that's how my journey started when I was 10. So 10, that isn't, uh, I mean, that's not old by any stretch, but it isn't one of those cases where you were, you know, uh, right out of the gate. Uh, studying martial arts yeah and the funny thing is like when i was sick the doctor said the fever that was in my body it went up to my brain it was in my heart it was in my spine and it went to my knee is what the doctor said at the time so when i healed i'm a righty but i couldn't kick 
well with my right leg because normally if you're right right-handed you kick better with the right leg so i had to learn how to kick with my left leg and and punch with my right hand so it's it was kind of like another blessing in disguise you know <laughs> i'm always taking it positively that's really interesting considering you're one of the greatest kickers ever <laughs> was i was <laughs> Not after two hip replacement surgeries. Okay, all right, that that's fair. <laughs> now, um, you were born here in the U.S., correct? San Jose, California. Okay, and then when did you go to Korea? So when I was one, my parents wanted me to know my roots. Sure. And not too long ago, I posted a picture of my twelfth great grandfather. He is a. Uh, Admiral Lee Sun Shin, which is a Korean national hero. So my parents wanted me to know what kind of bloodline that I'm from. So they took me back to Korea so that I would learn that. I would learn how to read and write and learn the tradition of, of Korea. So once I learned all that, once I finished my sixth grade, that's when they brought me back. We immigrated back to the United States. Okay. Okay. Then uh, when you started your training, who was your first teacher? His name is Master E. Pyong Lo. He passed away. But uh, like, if you see a Taekwondo practitioner with a big knuckles right here, yes. he had another one on the finger here <laughs> because he used to go around, hit <laughs> on the student's head with his middle <laughs> joint finger. And he had another big knuckle right there, I remember. That was my instructor. Okay. And then once you came back uh, here, uh, you, uh, you studied under uh, Master Jun Chong? So when I came here, I studied Hakido under Master Murang Choi okay. in San Francisco. And that's where I got my black belt under him. And then while I was in San Francisco, I learned Hakido. And then I also decided to take Wing Chun from Chris Chan. Wow. Oh, okay. So to Wing Chun there. And then when I moved to Los Angeles, 1976, that's when I started to train under Master Jim Chong. Okay. So what drives your uh, training these days? Uh, because uh, you've won a lot of titles. Uh, so what, uh, what is it that gives you the, uh, the purpose to continue with your martial arts training today? I want my students to be always motivated. And for me, when I was growing up, every time I had to go to class to take lessons, if you learn the same thing over and over and over, yes, you get good at it, but you also get bored with it. Sure. So I've always want to challenge my students. And to be able to do that, I have to have more stuff in my head to be able to give to my students, to keep challenging them. I've been teaching at the same location for 40 years now, Jeff. That's impressive. And the reason why I could do that is because I'm keeping my students. And they're they are always there because I'm always giving them, giving them something new to learn. You know. So now I'm taking Filipino martial arts, studying a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, just a lot of different arts so that I could be better in my business as a fight choreography in, in the movie world and also you know, teach my students better so that's my that's my hobby that's my excitement yeah well speaking of that then how did you first get involved in the entertainment world 
Oh, Jeff, it took me 11 years. Really? To get my SAC card. Wow. So 1975, I was visiting my aunt with my brother Philip in Los Angeles from San Francisco. So I get a phone call from Master Jin. No, I called Master Jin Chung to see how he was doing. So he said, Simon, Philip, come to this junkyard in Long Beach. I'm shooting a movie. So we went there, and Master Jin Chung was shooting a Korean, well, it was an American-made movie with a Korean director. And listen to this title. The movie was called Bruce Lee Fight Back from the Grave. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> So we had a fight scene. That was like our first experience. And I know they fed us filet fish from McDonald's. <laughs> we didn't get paid. Non-union movie. But the, the interesting thing was that the following year, that movie was playing in Hollywood Boulevard. Yep. And we came to see the movie. And I saw myself and my brother on a big screen, right? And I said, I want to do that. So 1975 was my first movie, and it was until 1986 I was finally able to join the SAG. Wow. So when you were doing the martial arts initially, was there uh, an idea to parlay it into film early on, or was it just that particular movie experience that got you uh, hooked on Getting into no, you know, watching Bruce Lee movies sure. and knowing, hey, I could do those kicks. <laughs> I've always wanted to do it, but you know, moving to Los Angeles in 1976, I didn't know anybody. And in this town, you need that connection, you know. So it, that's why it took me so long. Well, um, now that you're here, you're one of the most well-respected fight choreographers in the game. Uh, but in in terms of Hollywood and action films. Did you have any uh, particular influences that pushed you uh, into this particular part of your career? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you know, in the beginning, you don't know anything. Sure. You know, I remember when, when I got hired to do my first stunt, it was called Double Impact. Mm. It was a Jean-Claude Van Damme's movie. Yep. And in my mind, I thought they were calling me to do a fight scene with Jean-Claude. So, you know, I go to the movie set. I don't have any stunt pads because they, they hired me for a stuntman, you know. So I go on the set and I find out I'm not fighting Jean-Claude. I'm getting shot <laughs> and I'm squid and I'm, I'm going to die. So when we were rehearsing, I had to hit my back on the steel rail and then fall forward, and it was very painful. <laughs> so, because I didn't have any pads. So then one of the a veteran stuntmen, his name is Danny Wong, bless him, he goes, Simon, you don't have any stunt pads. You're such a rookie. <laughs> and he let me borrow all his pads. So I was like really thankful. And like, I remember learning, like they told me don't put my hand front of a squid because once I get shot, the squib's going to come out. And I didn't listen because, you know, I'm supposed to hold a gun like this. So when they popped the squib, all this thing came, the blood came out. 
and it really stung my hand. Mm. So now I got to play dead. So I'm playing dead and I'm looking at my hand and there's blood everywhere. And it's, my hand is really stinging from, from the, the pop. And I'm going, oh man, is that my blood or is that a fake blood? You, know, you, just, you can't move. You know, they call a cut. So it's just all learning experience, you know? Yeah. How did you start to uh, move into the fight choreography part of the game then? It's, it's funny because as, as a doing best of the best in 1989, uh, Philip, who was a part producer, he's also you know, starring, he wrote the movie, and Philip wanted, to, Philip wanted me to be a fight choreographer and a stunt coordinator. And I should not have taken the title as a stunt coordinator because I didn't know enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we had enough stunt, professional Hollywood stunt people that came, you know, crashing through the glass, you know, falling on a pinball machine and getting hit with a bottle and all that. You know, I didn't know any of that stuff. And I, and I learned, but all the fights on Best of the Best, you know, I got to choreograph all that stuff. Yeah. So maybe my title should have been just a fight coordinator, a fight choreographer, but since it was Phillips' movie, you know, he gave me the title as a stunt coordinator. And, you know, it was funny because that's my, like, first job. Instead of just being a soldier, here I am coordinating, yeah. you know. So I kind of started backwards. Sure, sure. What well, what is it then about uh, your approach to fight design that is uniquely Simon Rees? Every fights are different. Depends on the script. You know what what the script is saying. It's a lot of process, Jeff. The writer has his view of this fight. Director has his view of the fight. Producers have their views of this fight, right? As a fight choreographer, you have to be able to please all three and also be able to chew to what you want to project. I got hired as a fight coordinator on Terminator uh, Genesis, Terminator 5, and these producers and directors were, they were telling me, oh, we like Raid, we like Itman, we like Matrix. And I'm pulling my hair. I mean, how can Arnold Schwarzenegger fight this way? Right. Well, I'm going, are you sure, you guys? That doesn't make sense. Termin- Terminator's not going to fight like that, you know? So I try to please them by creating fights like Itman, like you know, Raid, putting a little bit of Sila, a little bit of Wing Chun, and they look at it and they go, this is not the How Terminator fights. <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell you guys, you know? So we had to change everything around. So it's not really easy. There's really no one way. You just got to be able to, you know, make sure that everyone is happy with what you choreograph. And, you know, like if director doesn't like this, you know, you have to change some things. And so, so you just got to be really flexible, I think. That's where I'm good at. And some of the fight choreographers that I know, they hate to change things. They think, okay, I created this. 
this is beautiful. You know, it's got to be done this way. But sometimes producers might not see it that way. That you have to be able to bend. Yeah. Well, uh, then, do you have a particular fight sequence that you worked on that you're especially proud of over the years? Uh, I mean, I like Best of the Best. It still holds up after 30 years. And the fight scene I did uh, with Mel Gibson on the freeway yeah. is kind of cool. And the fight scene that I choreographed with uh, this Korean stunt team that came to Romania for Ruby Rose's movie, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that because we put some really good stuff in there. And I haven't seen the final product yet. So, but from what I heard from the editor and the uh, DP, director of photography, he said everything looks really good. So I'm, I'm really waiting to see that one. Excellent. Uh, well, let's go to best of the best really quickly because you brought it up again. But uh, a classic film, uh, like you said, uh, over 30 years old now, uh, but still holds up. One of the great things about that film is there wasn't any uh, excessive flash or uh, nonsensical uh, martial arts. It was so grounded and it was always so real. Uh, and for a lot of kids that uh, were exposed to that film, that was one of their first um, introductions to Taekwondo and what a way to introduce the art to them. And uh, that whole grounded approach to the martial arts, I think is what is so uh, effective about that film, right? Because you didn't try to do anything that was like wuxia crazy with wire work and any of that stuff, right? So let me tell you what happened. <clears throat> Back in the late 70s and 80s, all these martial art movies were coming out, right? And it had drug scenes, it had sex scenes, violence just for the sake of having violence. And it did not have any true martial art meaning. So when... I went to Korea to compete in a tournament and I saw something that really touched my heart. What, what the true martial arts artists really go through, you know, the years and years of training. And then a couple of years later, my brother went to Korea to compete in this big tournament and he came back with something and he also felt that. So we wanted to make a movie that was like more true to real martial arts, not sex, not drugs, not revenge, you know, the true martial arts. And that's how Best of the Best was made. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, for uh, for a lot of kids that uh, that saw that, um, I'm sure that enrollment for Taekwondo went up <laughs> immediately after that. <laughs> but um, when you when you compare real uh, real world martial arts and screen fighting, obviously two very different things, a whole different approach to to both because uh, on screen you got to make it look good but what do you look for in actors uh when you want to make them look as as lethal as possible on screen when you're working with them well <clears throat> when you're working with actors first thing you need to see is their um coordination and you know, see what they could do what they cannot do what we didn't know about eric roberts when we got him I mean, we were excited to get Eric Roberts because he's such a great actor. But we found out that he had a motorcycle accident a few years before Best of the Best. And he could not do 
lot of spinning techniques. He could do straight line techniques, but he could not do spinning stuff. So as a fight coordinator, we, we utilize like a lot of close-ups on his face for straight line techniques, stuff that he could do. Like he really did this, a uh, uh, couple of kicks that he did, a couple of punches that he did, and we were able to shoot close and get his face and stuff. And then the fighting stance that he came up with, you know, it was kind of like, kind of like a karate kid. He came up and he came down to a fighting stand. You know, we gave him something like that so that it was something that only he could do that no one else has done, that no one else has seen. So these are the things, the process that you got to go through to work with actors. And some actors are really, really good. You don't have to look like, teach them anything. We show them once and they already know how to do it. You know, it's all different. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, you've worked with some incredible talent. Um, Clint Eastwood, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Cruise, a whole a whole host of who's who in Hollywood. Who among those that are not martial artists uh, do you think, if they trained, uh, would be a pretty decent top-level competitor in martial arts? Uh, do you know Randall Park? I do, yeah. Yeah. I've doubled him a few times. And um, uh, what is that movie he just did last year with uh, uh, Keanu Reeves and Ali Wong? It was a comedy, Always Be My Maybe or something. Yes, yes, yeah. that's it, yes. So they call me to double Randall. And so I went up to, they were shooting this in San Francisco. And Keanu, this was right between Keanu's like John Wick 3. They shot a portion in New York and then they stopped because they were getting ready to go to Morocco. So in, in between, they were shooting this movie with Randall Park. So there's a part that I had to teach Randall how to punch and like, you know, getting choked and things like that. And um, he moved pretty well. And oh, and I also doubled him on a Nickelodeon show called Super Ninjas. Yes. A kid's movie a long time yep. ago. And he, he moves pretty well. So I think he has a pretty good chance of doing something cool. But he's always, you know, mellow, funny Asian <laughs> guy. So. I don't know what he can do it, but I, he has a potential. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he he definitely has not uh, carved out the action genre for himself yet, but maybe. <laughs> that's cool. Is there uh, anyone that uh, you haven't worked with that you would like to work with still? Uh, two actors, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Oh, wow. Those are the actors that I haven't had a chance to work with yet. I've worked with... I had a chance to work on Pirates of Caribbean, I forgot the name, the one in Bahamas, <laughs> for like like few months. And then I had a chance to work with Clint Eastwood for maybe two weeks. Mm. So I'm debating, do I take two or three months job or do I take two weeks with Clint Eastwood? Yeah. And I knew I would have made more money if I worked with uh, Johnny Depp, sure. you know, Clint Eastwood's been always my idol, my hero, man's man, you know, Dirty Harry, Spaghetti Western, I said, and I don't know when Clint Eastwood's going to pass away. He's, he's getting up there in age. So I said, you know what? 
I'm going to work with Clint Eastwood. And, and I'm glad I did because I got to go to Iceland and I set my body on fire as a Japanese soldier on uh, Flags of Our Fathers. And uh, I won the World Tourist Sun Award for the Fireburn. So I'm, I'm glad I did, even though I made less money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what an experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then speaking of training uh, with you in particular, you still continue to teach. Uh, what is the enthusiasm for learning martial arts like nowadays? Because it's a different time. So what is it like with, uh, with your students? Uh, what I teach my students, Jeff, is once, once I tell them what martial art is about, okay? Let me ask you since you... What's the meaning of martial art for you? Uh, martial arts to me is uh, doing the things that I need to make myself better, stronger, smarter, faster, whatever. Um, but that requires putting in the time and the effort and the sacrifice to do the things that I need to do to get to where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is what I tell my students. <clears throat> Let's take the part of art, martial art. Martial art means military art, right? So, when you go to the art part, when I first saw Michael Jackson do a moonwalk, you went, whoa, what was that? Right? It moves you. Like when you go to Louvre in Paris and see Mona Lisa, and you go, oh, wow, that's Mona Lisa. It kind of moves you. To me, that's an art. So when I tell my students, when you do it on martial arts, you have to be able to do it so well that it moves people, okay? And, and another thing that I teach my students is like when they come in, I said, you guys, you're not bowing to the flag and you're not bowing to me because I'm a black belt and I'm better than you, you know, because I'm seven degree black belt. I tell them, we're a human being. And if I teach you nothing but how to fight, it's in our nature to become aggressive. So by teaching you how to bow, by teaching you how to be humble, by teaching you how to say yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir. It humbles you. So it's just like yin and yang. You learn how to be strong, but you learn how to be soft. So that, you, that makes you a complete martial artist. So that's my philosophy of teaching. So I teach them how to be strong, teach them how to be soft. I teach them the part about the art. So once they understand what I'm trying to teach them, I think it's much easier and everyone understands. And I think that's what I've been so successful. Yeah. Well, you've certainly been successful. What about on the entertainment side of things? What is your take on how martial arts is being represented in entertainment? Uh, because again, it's, it's a different, uh, different set of filmmakers are out there now. They have different uh, ways of depicting action. Um, Best of the best is, is one way to do uh, martial arts and cinema. Um, what is your take on how it's being put out there nowadays? Uh, there are a couple of different things that I feel 
you know how in the movies, if you do one thing, you want to top it, make it even better, and you want to make it even better and better and better. And sometimes, like, the violence part is what gets to me. And uh, I, I look at it and I'm going, ooh, is that really necessary for, you know, all the kids right nowadays, they play all these video games and they just kill, kill these people and computer games like it's no big deal. You know, so those kind of things bothers me a little bit, you know. Uh, as far as like entertaining people using martial arts, I like it. Just don't go too crazy with the violence. You know, like Atomic Blonde. I thought it was it was cool. You know, like John Wick's fight. Some of it is cool, but some of it is like over the top violence. So I don't know. I mean, some people find it entertaining. You know, I don't. I mean, I like the fight part, but like you know, when you have to stab a pen through the person's eye and things like that, it's like oh. <laughs> Well, I mean, I have three young girls, uh, so uh, when I try to get them uh, interested in some of the films I'm watching, I have to stop and think, well, no, I can't because there's a lot of uh, eye gouging and split brains here. So, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, is there anything out there uh, now that you would point to and, and say, that's a good depiction of it, and uh, I hope they do more like that? Uh, my friend Sam Hargrave did a movie called Extraction that released in Netflix not too long ago. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, it was a very good movie, and I had a chance to work with Sam on Birds of Prey. Cool. And, you know, really down-to-earth person. And I think my brother had a project that he was thinking about working with Sam, so I hope one of these days that happens. Great. Uh, and... Uh... Before we start to wrap it up, I, I, there were talks a while ago about potentially rebooting Best of the Best. Is that still on the table? Yeah, the people really, really want to see this. Yeah. So uh, my brother is definitely talking to a few people. Right now, because of this you know, situation and pandemic, it's not, you know, it's not a good time to get this thing off the ground, but it's the interest is out there. People really, really want to see it. So uh, my brother's talking to a lot of producers, and you know, I hope it happens soon. Yeah. Uh, let me go really quickly to your training nowadays. What What do you do personally every day to keep yourself flexible and moving? Do Do you still have a training regimen? Uh, I try to do about hundred push ups and about three hundred sit ups every day. Wow. And, In one shot. And, no, not <laughs> yes, yeah. you know. And then I do some yoga with my wife to keep my uh, body flexible, and that's that's just for myself. And then I, after that, I'm you know working out with my students, teaching and things like that. So that's that's how I keep my mind and body you know in shape. Okay, great, excellent. All right, let's do a quick lightning round before I let you go. You ready? Ready. Okay. Uh, first thing that comes to your mind, uh, what's your favorite midnight snack? <laughs> oh, boy. Ramen. Ramen? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> a lot of sodium in some of those. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you weren't uh, a martial artist, you would be a... Ooh. Well, 
I wanted to be a lawyer, believe it or wow. not. I skipped off a little bit. Excellent, excellent. All right. Uh, other than martial arts, your favorite form of exercise is? Golf. <laughs> nice. What's your handicap? Ooh, I'm not a good player. Okay. I'm about 24, I guess. <laughs> Are you better with the uh, driver or with the irons? Irons. Nice. Me too. I can't break 100 yet, so. <laughs> I could once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Jeff, where do you, where do you live? Jeff? I live in Jersey, so uh, I, I work in Manhattan. I see. I was hoping you live here so we could go one day. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. I'm actually going to head out to L.A. Uh, as soon as all these travel restrictions are uh, are lifted. But uh, when I get there, please, uh, I will absolutely take you up on a round of golf. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Um, uh, beer, wine, or whiskey? Ooh, uh, let's stick to beer. Okay. <laughs> I drink beer maybe once a week, just one can of beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And uh, the last one, it's a trick question, so hopefully you get this right and hopefully you remember the name. But what's your favorite podcast about kung fu, martial arts, and uh, Master Simon Ree with the best of the best? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> Uh, the best thing is meeting you, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. All right. Um, tell me then what you have going on currently. I know we talked about The Doorman with Ruby Rose. Uh, what else do you have in the works? Uh, I'm going to make a thing called Kictionary. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to put it on a teachable so the, my, my fans all over the world could purchase this. So I'm in the process of making that, and I'm going to put some – I got a lot of uh, spare time, so I'm going to put some instructional videos on YouTube pretty soon. So I'm in the process of doing that too right now. Excellent. That's cool. And where can my audience go then to follow you and uh, to uh, follow these Kictionary videos when they finally come out? Uh, Kictionary is not going to be out for a little bit because I'm still doing the process of making it. So that's not ready yet. But if you go to YouTube and look for – Martial arts and stunts on the Simon Reed. You'll be able to see that. I, right now, I think I got like you know four or five instructional. It's called hybrid uh, punching style. It's like mixing taekwondo leg work and like boxing hands. So it's a little different. And I made it simple. It's like a minute, minute and a half long because they said the people's uh, attention span is 89 seconds. So it's like all like minute and a half. And it's very simple and it's not, it's for everybody. I didn't want to make it, you know, super hard. I wanted to make it easy for everyone to just you know, learn how to do it. So yeah, go to YouTube and check it out. All right. Excellent. And I will put all of those links in the show notes. Uh, Master Reed, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk. You're very inspirational. Uh, and uh, you, the, you, the films that you've made have, have all been excellent. Best of the best is still one of the the best fight films out there. And I hope that reboot happens. I hope to see you involved with it heavily. Uh, best of luck with everything. Stay safe out there. And uh, let me see if I get this right. Kamsa Hamnida? Chamanheo. Perfect. What nationality are you, Jeff? I'm Filipino. But my daughter is a big K-pop fan. So that's the only way that I am introduced to the Korean language. <laughs> Salamat, Jeff. Oh, nice. Thank you so much. Listen, best of luck and stay safe. And uh, I hope to see much more of you uh, in the future. Continued good luck with everything, sir. Great. Thank you, Jeff. Be safe. Talk to you soon. What an honor it was to have Master Simon Rhee on the show. Humble thanks to him for setting aside some time to talk. And if his invite to play golf stands, the next time I can make it out to L.A., I'm definitely taking him up on it. Because at least with golf, I have a very slight chance of winning. Very, very slight. But still, if it was a match on the mats, 
I'd wind up in the hospital, but uh, hopefully I also have learned something. <laughs> Watch for The Doorman, starring Ruby Rose, coming out soon. Master E seems very pumped about the work he put in on that, so I'm sure it's going to look awesome. And of course, you can still find Best of the Best streaming on many platforms out there. In the meantime, you can follow Simon Rhee on Instagram and Facebook, so look for those links in the show notes and let him know that you heard him right here on the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Give me a follow on all my socials as well, and stay tuned for a special announcement on the future of the show coming up soon. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fatally can now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea roaming over the lands. Yeah, the little bit soldier is older than wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here. The pass, not the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here, David D is coming back. The Tai Chi master, Jet Li's even faster. Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie chunk his spine off Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cut the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaolin and Manti style Yeah the Feed the enemy and watch you run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin's Lash and Blood are just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the won't stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon but in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen, she got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall Don't fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless Unleashed. The fist of legend that the car gently I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place so with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting